Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Paul Hewitt, CEO of Carora Resources, formerly RNC Minerals. Um, they put out an announcement today with regards to uh, drill results at Lake Count. Exciting, but we took advantage of them and talked about all of the other targets that they're identifying with their 20 million uh, pro- drill program for 2021. If you want our thoughts on the conversation and some of the topics we discuss, uh, the company itself, uh, do go to cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where we discuss it at length. Um, also, you can go there for company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. You might find that quite interesting. Plus, there are training courses on there to help you with your own diligence process plus summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. And of course, there's a big thriving community of investors sharing their ideas, content, information with each other, a nice, friendly and civil environment. Wouldn't that be a nice place to hang out? I think you'd like it. So go along and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Mr. Paul Hewitt, how are you, sir? Hey, Matt, how have you been? I'm okay. You've had a lot of news out since we uh, spoke. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, yes. Uh, happy 2021. Let's start that way. Let's start that way. Yeah. 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 Very pleasant <laughs> of you. Hey, but um, I heard that um, you're going to have to learn a new language. Well, that, that's what I hear. Australian, potentially, right? Right. I heard that. I heard that. Can you, can you say good day? I can say it, but I can't say it well. Let's just assume <laughs> that I can't say it well. I, my French is probably a lot better than my Australian at this stage. I was about to say, are you going to insult a whole nation before you turn up there? So anyway, so you've, so you've decided to move. Why? Well, look, um, there's no doubt it's at this point in the company, it's just the right next part of the evolution. Every step we have done to date has been very strategic, been very systematic. Uh, we're going to be putting out a growth plan here in the coming months here. It's, it's a very exciting plan. We're, we're, I'm not going to talk the details here today, but I am going to say it's coming out, which is great. There's a milestone coming out. We'd love to, we would have loved to have it last quarter, but there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of works to get this thing out here. And it's the first time, you know, you heard me say that a lot last year. It's the first time. It's the first time. And in this case, it will be the first time we ever put out a growth plan. Uh, in order to execute and deliver on this growth plan, Graham's going to need some help there. Our team in Australia have done an outstanding job. Our corporate team did an amazing job in 2020 with the reduction of the royalties and every other thing we did in in the company in 2020. 2021 is going to be a new year. Uh, we're going to have different challenges, but things that we're I'll be there to help overcome them. Okay, I mean, I just don't. I want to kind of labor it a little bit, but you you are going out there. Your family's going out there. You're, you're literally selling up and you know getting getting your hands dirty, right? You're not managing from a distance. Yeah, look, um, the one thing a lot of people know me from Clondex. In the first year we started Clondex, it was very apparent in order for us to be successful, I needed to be closer to the action. This is no different. It's tough to manage from overseas. You know, we've got a large pond in between us here. Going there to help Graham. Uh, grow this company is certainly the right thing to do. And my family is coming. It's don't, don't underestimate the size of this decision. This is a very big decision. And early on, I'll be completely transparent here. I was asked this when I became chairman, would you ever move to Australia? My immediate answer was no, absolutely not. Um, you know, I've got my wife, I've got 
seven children. We've adopted two little ones here in the last two years. So we've got a large family. So five children are coming across with us, you know, children in school. There's there's a lot to think about. And people sometimes underestimate just how big of a decision it is. But it's certainly the right decision for our shareholders. When we look at what we want to do and how we want to grow, the next phase of our company, um, getting over there, there's no doubt that's the immediate, when I think of near-term opportunity in our company and our growth, the near-term opportunity, the next 24 months is certainly going to be in Western Australia. I don't underestimate it. I really don't. I, I come from a similar family background. You know, we, we moved around a lot. It's a big decision. So, and, and I think it's important for people to recognize that. Okay, next thing. Given that you're going to be there, does this signal that you are definitely doing the ASX listing? So look, we, we've been always transparent about the ASX listing. We had looked at it originally. We wanted, we were heading towards that path in 2020, Matt. Uh, things just got complicated with COVID and every other thing. There was, there was a lot of things here. So certainly one of the things, one of the objectives is going to be to revisit that very closely, assess it and, and, and look at it very hard. While I'm there, look, it's a two to four year assignment. It'll, it'll depend on how things go. Um, but it's certainly at the very top of our list. The ASX listing is something we're going to take where we left off and start it right back up immediately. Okay. And you have you taken it? I mean, where are you in that discussion? Have you spoken to brokers locally, some of the institutions? Do you know there's a desire to see that happen? Yeah, no, look, there certainly is. One of the challenging things was it's, it's hard to market from North America. You know, we're doing everything in Skype and we're doing the best we can. Um, needless to say, we've managed to do quite well despite COVID. However, when you're meeting all new clients, a lot of people want to see you face to face. In North America, we had the advantage of knowing a lot of the, the institutions, reaching out to them. And we've got to maintain that institutional shareholder base. I think it's something like 90% of our shareholder base today is North American with about almost 60% institution. We think back uh, 18 months ago, you know, we think about some of the issues or problems we had. I don't know how many times I was asked, why is there no institution in this story? Why don't institutions buy this? Oh my God, look at the course gold. Why aren't institutions buying this? And it was, it was because of the course gold. It was because they didn't like the uncertainty. Institutions like predictability. They like repeatability. They like the fact that you can do what you said to do. Like 2020, we said we'd do 95,000 ounces at the high end. We did 99,000 ounces. 18 months ago, when I think of this story myself, I think back, I go, you know, I remember walking through the doors in downtown Toronto, opening up the balance sheet and just scratching my head going, what do we do here? We have negative $8.7 million in working capital. We disclosed that on June 30th of the financials, negative $8.7 million in working capital. We end 2020 with... $80 million in cash. That's not luck. That's not, oh my God, they got lucky and hit another pod. It's not about luck. It's about how we successfully, strategically mapped it out and delivered it. We mapped this process out from day one. I remember meeting you in my first week of CEO flying up and I said, look, we're going to reduce costs. We're going to do these things. We're going to do this. And I remember your discussion going, well, you've got a pretty heavy plate there. You're pretty ambitious. And I said, all we got to do is Stay focused and start doing these things one at a time. You don't need an elephant in one chunk here. And, and we start biting away at it. And that's what we did. We delivered every, every, all those things we said we'd do. 
That's why we've got $80 million in cash. That's why our mill is humming the way it should. That's why we have no royalties. And you're seeing some of these results here in the exploration that I know we'll talk about. Some For the first time in 20 years, somebody's drilling in this district and you're seeing all this gold being discovered. It's because it was saddled with all these royalties. So I know we've talked about a lot, but it, it isn't luck or coincidence. And sometimes when you encounter coarse gold, it is pure luck. There's a lot of other coarse gold in this operation. We're just going to mine it as part of a bigger system. And that's really important. Okay. I mean, that, that's interesting. I mean, I did say that to you all that time ago, back in September 2019. So you've got a lot on your plate because it was it needed a big turnaround exercise. And you said, it's simple if you keep it simple and you, you deliver the basics. Well, and I think you've done that. I really think you've done that. You absolutely, Everyone's talking about this turnaround story of 2020, for sure. In difficult circumstances, uh, let's see, fire, flooding, COVID, et cetera, right? And I know you hit your numbers and you put out 20% um, uh, on you know, additional uh, for 2021, which is great. But you had a different set of problems. That's a kind of problem solver uh, issue that you, that you kind of went through. And you delivered your 99,000 answers, which is fantastic. But your problems are different now. Your problems are almost like there's too much choice. I'm looking at all the projects. You know, you've, you, we, we've, we've talked about Spargos, Lake Cowan, Beta Hunt, Higginsville, Larkin. You, you've got so much optionality. Are you going to put Sorry, it in the right Matt, order? Matt, Matt, hang on, I got to interrupt you. Yeah, let's go there. So there is. Look, these are the best problems I could ever ask for here. You, you named five different areas. All of them are filled with gold. What a problem to have as a gold miner. I'm not out here making ties or running shoes here. I'm a gold miner. So everything you just said is, oh my God, you got Blue, you've got uh, Lake Cowan, you've got Larkin, you've got, all these things have gold in them. Recognize that I'm a gold miner and I'm a gold operator. So as far as I'm concerned, I think, Yahoo, we're winning the lottery here. So we bought the right tickets. We have the right numbers. Let's just start mining it. So it's, look, as far as I'm concerned, there are a different set of issues. They're certainly not problems. They're all opportunities, in my opinion. And I'd swip, I'd flip that completely around because I'm a lot more positive. I don't think they're problems. They're all opportunities. And we're going to start taking advantage of almost all of them here as we start drilling. And, and you see the results here already, Matt. Okay. So sorry to interrupt you here, but Perfect. I completely see it different than you do, my friend. Yeah, good, good. Makes an instant, more instant conversation, right? So some of this, you, you used a phrase there a second ago, which I, I, I quite liked. It's like, because the question that we get sent in every day of the week is why aren't they going back to the Father's Day vein? And you used the phrase, we are out going after the course goal, but it's part of a much bigger plan. I mean, just, it's worth look, stating look, again, because you've said it so let's, many let's times. Put this, look, I've heard it myself a million times. There's nobody in the world that likes course gold more than me. Why do you think I joined RNC, now Corora? I joined because of my experience in coarse gold mining. Uh, I, I was operating two or three of the highest gold-grade mines in the world in the last decade. In the last 10 years of my career, I've been mining some of the highest gold-grade mines in the world. I come from districts like Red Lake, Timmins, Nevada. This coarse gold is not new to me. Um, but what happens is, it, it stalls out. What happens is, you know, Father's Day was a 30,000 ounce deposit. It was 30,000 ounce and it was great. Don't get me wrong. It's it's fantastic to find coarse gold at Father's We're mining the entire stoves now. 
when I first walked through the doors again, not only did we have negative $8.7 million in working capital, Beta Hunt wasn't in operation. Beta Hunt was in a drill program. Why do you think that is? It's because prior to that, people were trying to mine selectively. They're trying to mine very, very narrow these coarse gold and trying to find them and then trying to drill them. You know how much money we would spend and just trying to drill these things out and find them. It's so expensive for our shareholders. That's why our cash balance was so low. That's why we were raising $8 million every three months and people were getting angry and they're getting frustrated. But now you see, what are we doing? We're taking it as part of a whole plan. We're doing 120,000 or 115,000 ounces in our second year. Father's Day was a pot of 30,000 ounces. This is four times the size in the entire year. And why do, we, why do we get to do it? Because we were able to demonstrate that we could mine this deposit at the average grade. We're including some whenever we hit it. You see we hit 2,000 ounces. We, all, we often get frustrated too. Well, should we report it? Should we not? We have to think of materiality. And we know that people want us to mine coarse gold. So do we. I've never worked in a mine. I've been mining 33 years. I was a bad hockey player at 18. I got thrown in a mine at 18 years old. I've, I've come up through the ranks. I've worked for all kinds of companies, some large ones and a lot of junior ones, mostly junior in my career. Never in my life have I seen a company disclose stope by stope by stope. Hey, I'm going to mine this stope. Then I'm going to mine that stope. They put out their guidance and they say, look, measure us to our guidance. It's the same situation here. What was happening here before two years ago, trying to selectively carve out these, these jewelry boxes is uneconomic. You can't do it. You can't survive. You can't do it forever. You can't repeat it. Our industry is like any other industry. People want to see us be, have the ability to predict and repeat what we, we can do. We have to be able to demonstrate with confidence, look, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to accomplish. And then tick those boxes off. It's really important for us to be able to say to people, I'm going to do a 95,000 ounces and then deliver 99. Last year, could you imagine if we would have just targeted just Father's Day and say there's 15,000 ounces there, you try to find another one uh, and you don't pay attention to the bigger picture and we missed our guidance. Can you imagine if that would have happened? Look, we, we were successful here. We, we did it by mining larger thinking bigger, thinking much bigger here. And, and that's the way we have to continue here. Um, I'll always say I love the course goal that Beta Hunt. Beta Hunt has more course goal. I don't even question it. People ask me all the time, do you think there's more course gold? Hands down, it's impossible, I believe. In my heart, it's impossible there's not more course gold. How do you mine it? You mine it not selectively. You don't try to target that course gold. You don't try to drill a deposit off on 15-foot or 25-foot centers because then I'm wasting a lot of money for my shareholders. Drill it off with the wider spacing, take the larger stope, increase the tonnage, run it through your mill, make money. Make money. And as boring as it may sound to make money every quarter, that's what we've done. We've put $80 million on the balance sheet and making money. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little passionate about it. I never get frustrated about it because I love the court school. I don't ever get frustrated. I get very passionate about it. And again, I know I'm repeating myself. Nobody likes to see it more often than us. It's simply part of a bigger plan. Okay. So no stoke by stoke reporting, no monthly reporting. How many, how many companies do you follow, Matt? Many. You got to follow. How many companies do you follow that 
put out a step-by-step plan. Anybody in the world? Do you know of any? Zero. But your your shareholder, your your retail shareholders are asking for it. That's that's why I'm asking. And we're telling, we're saying, look, I, I'm not ignoring. Look, there's, I respect our every shareholder. I, I do my best to respond to them. I've got a lot on my plate, as you pointed out, and it's important that we deliver. I'll never ignore it. But here's what we're saying: stoke by stoke, we 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 won't go back to that. We won't go back to saying hey, we're going to mine the stope below this one drill hole. We're going to mine the stope here. We're going to say, hold us accountable to 110,000 ounces for the year. We fall short of that. We believe that uh, we should get slapped on the hands. And we're going to get slapped also, by the way, in our, our own metrics. Our bonus, the, the, the objectives we put out there are, are very much aligned with any type of compensation incentive all of us have as well. So it's very important that we deliver for a lot of reasons. And when we deliver and when we're successful, you can see the end results, man. You really see them here. So going to Australia is, is a big step for me, the company. Uh, there's all kinds of growth in front of us. You talk about different set of problems. I say they're huge opportunities because I think we're blessed in so many areas with different goals. Uh, how, how many press releases have I put out this year on new discoveries? I put out one this morning on Lake Cowan. Lake Cowan is is an area that hasn't been tested in over 15 years. It's, it's a similar sediment or lake style, salt lake style, like our Baloo. Our Baloo uh, mine that we started with early on, that two gram open pit that we're still running today, that was only supposed to be around for a, a couple months that is still operating today, is a similar system um, to what Goldfields has. Goldfields has on similar salt lakes, almost 7 million ounces, 7 million ounces surrounding us. Why is it exciting? This district hasn't been tested for so many years. We've been talking about an 1,800 square kilometer. If that's not more exciting than, than a, a 100 ounce of coarse gold, I don't know what is. I got to tell you, when I think about mining millions of ounces in, in an, a, a salt lake bed, that is very exciting because that makes money and shareholders are excited about making money because the share price goes up when we make money. Tell me about that. Okay, we, we, okay, we, we, we skipped that. I was going to ask a question later about it, but um, let, let's deal with it. So Lake Cowan, so Salt Lake, I, I understand there's lots of examples around you with lot, many, many millions of ounces, but um, what type of uh, drilling are we talking about? What type of mining could it be if we look at the analysis of who's doing what around you? Yeah, so it's a, it's a little different here. We've adopted a system that's um, perfected by Goldfields, it's an air core system. And look, this is this is a maiden drill hole. I gotta tell you, we were expecting to see traces of gold. I remember speaking to the VP of geology, Steve Devlin and Graham, and they're going, look, if we can catch any traces of gold, we're gonna see something. We've got so much land here. Um, we, we've got a huge opportunity for exploration from it. We put out some scout holes here, some brand new scout holes here, and we hit, economic or right out of the gate, right out of the gate. I, we, of all the opportunities we have in Western Australia, and there are numerous of them and they're opportunities, not problems. Uh, Graham and Steve Devlin, our two most senior geologists on, on our ground in Western Australia today, love it the most. When you ask Graham or Steve, you say, where do I want to drill? Where would you drill the most? Hands down, it's always Lake Cowan, Lake Cowan. And I'm like, like I'm an underground guy, so I'm like, well, what about Larkin? 
Well, that's exciting too, Paul. Don't, don't get me wrong. Larkin's exciting. I'm like, well, let's go drill Larkin because I like the grade there. So it's a balance. These guys absolutely love Lake Cowan or this Salt Lake system, which is a very exciting system that hasn't been tested. We did the, we, we started doing the geophysics last year. We started doing um, some additional soil sampling. We did some structures. We're laying the structures, the work from the structures, the geophysics, soil sampling, all on top of each other to try to target some holes. And we see some of these results early on. That's, that's very exciting for us. Um, it, it's gonna lead to another, you might call it a problem. I'm gonna call it an opportunity where we might, we're gonna require some more capacity in the mill and, and, and maybe really? we'll go there in this discussion, but. I, what depth are we talking about? Is this gonna be an open pit thing? Is it gonna be relatively Yeah, no, these are shallow, right? These are not very deep actually. However, when you think about Western Australia as a whole, most, a lot, a lot of the undergrounds start out as open pits. They start out as an open pit, and then as they mine down, you can see some improved grades at a lower depth, then it becomes a ramp off of the pit wall, and it becomes an underground, which is not unlikely what's gonna to happen to us in, in several scenarios. These are quite, quite shallow. They'll have high strip ratios, but they're you're, you're talking about 10 days, you're done the stripping and you're in ore. And that's what we're seeing in some of these deposits. It's They're, they're so economic, these things. You know, you're talking a two gram open pit, I'm, here in Nevada, here I'm I'm living in Nevada still now. You can see a, a great open pit at a half a gram, a half a gram open pit, and it's making some really decent money. Despite ending the year with eighty million dollars, people forget that we had hedges in place last year. We paid, I think it was very close to it was anywhere from don't quote me on the number here, Matt, but it was twelve to fourteen million dollars in hedges that we paid last year that could have been on the balance sheet. Those hedges were in place because of the mill. But those are things that we work through now. We have no more hedges this year. We're exposed to the entire metal prices. We don't, we, after listening and hearing our shareholders, we believe it's very important that we don't hedge any of our gold positions. So we might look at having hedging the FX or we have hedged some diesel fuel that has helped us in numerous occasions here at making sure that all in sustaining costs, uh, control that we've had and identified is sustained that it's sustainable and getting to that thousand dollars an ounce. So we've hedged some other things besides gold. Okay, I need to come back to something you said. You, you talked about you know um, Graham being excited about what he's seeing here at Lake Count. He's he's been excited about everything that you've seen. He sounds like a very excitable guy. <laughs> like Spargos, he has some pretty good grades there, right? So. I think part, part of the problem I think I'm having now is I'm feeling slightly overwhelmed with the amount of opportunity, use your phrase, opportunity, uh, that you've got ahead of you. And I'm just trying to understand, you know, the order of play, right? Because you've made some great announcements last year about some of these assets that you've got, some of these projects that you've got. You've got a growth plan that's going to be announced, I assume, towards the end of this quarter. What, what are we going to be seeing? Yeah, so let's let's talk about your first point. Graham's pretty excitable. I, I don't know how you can't be excited when you see the drill results that we issued at Spargo, to be quite honest. Uh, if you're in the gold mining and you saw, um, I'm going up memory, 19 meters or 16 meters of 29 gram or 16 meters of 17 gram, I don't know how you can't get excited about that. So hats off to Graham for getting passionate about some drilling success that he and his team have uncovered when we bought an asset for $4 million. So uh, I, I can share that excitement with him. There's no doubt about it. And, 
and shareholders can certainly appreciate it as well. We're looking at potentially mining an open pit between three and four gram, higher grade than the average grade of our underground. An open pit here, needless to say, that look, you talk about prioritizing. We've already disclosed that uh, Spargos is likely in Q2 of 2020. That's right around the corner here. I remember talking about it in, in 2020 saying, look, it's not that far away. It's, it's, it's really close. We're, we're not that far away. We're going to be mining um, Spargos in the very near future. And that's still the plan. When you think about the global picture and the larger picture, what do you, why do you prioritize? Well, you, we always look at nearest to the mill, um, grade. We, we look at all these things. We, we started off with 32 brownfields at targets that we looked at. We're starting to find our own targets, as you know, we've uncovered. So it comes back to capacity. And, and this year, one of our growth plans is a step up in the mill. We're doing a significant increase that's not a very high cost. I, I think it's about $2.4 million. It's, it's part of our budget uh, to increase the mill by 550 tons a day. That's a really quick solution for us. It gets us an extra 15% capacity in the door. And you're going to see that extra 15% capacity come in with slightly better grades because we're going to be starting to mine Spargos. Um, that Larkin zone, I know, I know I'm going to another, area. the Larkin zone, we, we've, what do we have? It was nine meters, nine meters of 19 gram underground. We had some amazing hits in the fourth quarter of 2020 in the Larkin zone. The only thing that area is missing is some additional um, infrastructure. It needs ventilation. So, you know, one of the things, I know I'm bouncing around here, but one of the things we talked about is the advantage of mining at Beta Hunt because it was a nickel mine, Matt. It has 400 kilometers of waste development in place. We used one of those waste, one of those old drifts that were inside of the mine. We channel sampled it and we discovered the Larkin zone. We drilled above our heads. We hit the 30C nickel zone. We've, we had some follow-up drilling here this year, that nine meters of 19 gram. As I mentioned, what, what it's requiring now is more infrastructure. But those 400 kilometers that we have of infrastructure already are going to reduce our sustaining costs year over year by so much. I'm used to spending anywhere from 15 to $20 million every year on sustaining capital waste of them. That's every year. For 100 to 150,000 ounces a year, I'm typically spending 15 to $20 million, depending on which operation. We're not gonna have to spend half of that. We might spend $6 million in, in infrastructure. And this is more waste development for ventilation that we're gonna have to put in. So those tunnels that exist at Beta Hunt are so advantageous for us to access all these areas, including areas like the very, very near-term Larkin zone that's, that's almost double the grade than what we're presently mining and even wider. It's even wider. So um, there's a lot of exciting things when you talk about the targets. I know there's plenty of them, but it's, it's a part, it's a big reason and rationale. Why is Paul Hewitt going Australia? Why is Paul going Australia? There's a lot of reasons why Paul's going Australia because it makes sense. Why is he disrupting his whole family his wife, his children, they're pulling them out of school. Why does it matter? It matters because there's these types of opportunities in front of us that we need to think about together. 
Imagine having 32 targets all within a 20 kilometer radius of the mill and you're trying to identify which one, where do you spend the dollar? Having several of us there on the ground and oper strong operators making those decisions will help us tremendously to grow us even from that 110 to 115 to step it up again next year. So these are all leading questions as to why am I going there and why it makes sense to go and help Grant. No, I, I get it. You just reminded me also with Larkin, they, they weren't in the September numbers, were they? This is going to be new incremental. Uh, Actually, thanks. You're right. I, I forgot about that. You're right. So did I. Those Larkin numbers, those grades were excluded from the greatest resource reserve update I've ever put out in my career. And again, 33 years. So I've been doing it a couple of years now. Um, that's the largest reserve update I've ever had in my entire lifetime. Uh, those numbers were, Spargos was excluded, Larkin was excluded. Okay. So when you see the next resource reserve update later on in the year, you're going to see some better grades. Actually, we're going to put out a Spargos one before the main one comes out this year. Wow, that's insane. Okay. Um, just one more thing. So how many, how many drills are actually turning? I mean, your budget, I think, I know you upped the budget to, what was it again? $20 million. We have a Currently, we have seven drills turning. We have three drills turning at Beta Hunt, and four drills turning at our HTO operation. Right. So there's no lack of drills. Here's where we're struggling. We have the same challenge as other people in Western Australia. And actually, I'll tell you, it's a very common struggle in North America right now. We're struggling to get assay results. And that's that's just a function of the demand for the assay labs right now. We're, we're, we're not getting the results as quickly as we'd like to get them, um, but we're in line with everyone else here. So because we're not getting results as quickly as we can, it, it slows down the results we get to give to the market. Uh, we, we, we drilled these almost two months ago. We should have had these results, but we're simply not. It's, it's not a problem or an issue that's specific to Western Australia. This is an issue that the entire world is seeing because of delays in assay labs and compounded by the fact in Western Australia, we are seeing a lot of people uh, because of the restrictions with respect to COVID uh, they're, they're taking other jobs. You're not letting people in from other countries. So we're starting to get stretched here on people on resources and, and that's starting to impact us. We haven't, we have yet to not make our numbers, and that's a, that's a huge coup to Graham, his general managers, Don and Greg, all those guys on the ground, all of them working very, very hard and tirelessly. Look, we, there was just a, a one-week shutdown in Western Australia. I got a call from Graham saying, look, we, we have to shut down everything. The borders are shut down. And he calls me two hours later and he says, you're never going to believe what happened. He said, other mining companies are forcing their people to uh, not fly and fly out. Our entire group, he said, all of them requested to stay on for an extra week and not go home. He said, I've never seen it in my life, Paul. He said, I have a list of all these people who have come forward and said, we're going to stay on for that extra week. That, that is unbelievable, the loyalty that, that the, the team we have in Western Australia have demonstrated that when things get tough, they're willing to step up and help us out. And that's exactly what's happened here. Most people would say, hey, it's my rotation out. It's flying fine. I'm going. Our whole team, every one of them decided to stay back. And, and while that five-day mandatory shutdown occurred in Western Australia, we didn't feel a disruption. So I can't tell you how pleased I was and the message that I sent to the team in Western Australia, thanking them 
uh, for staying back and, and thinking of the company. They all have families, every one of them. And after being two weeks in a camp, you know, most people want to get home. This entire team just blew my mind. Every Nobody left. They all stayed because we couldn't bring anyone in. We were unable to bring anyone in. This team stayed behind and got it done. No, it's hats a, off the, no, absolutely hands off to them um, in difficult circumstances. Um, so just on that, assay results are, are delayed. I, I know that because I speak to companies who are going through the same issue where where you are too. Um, but we are going to see quarterly announcements. And you say, you say, judge us on our quarterly announcement. If I hit my numbers, that's the number you should be focused on. Don't expect weekly, monthly, regular updates on the drilling. People are, people are saying, well, where's the drill results? We, we talked about this before, right, Matt? I remember in a previous interview, um, just judge us like the rest of the world. We're a gold operator. We're, we put out quarterly numbers. We're not a little junior anymore who you might not, you, they, you might say, well, this month he might do 5,000 ounces. Next month he might do 26,000 ounces. The month after he might do 2,000 ounces. He might not do anything for three months in a row, but hopefully he'll have something uh, to show for it in 90 days. Maybe he'll hit a pod or something. Judges like the rest of the mining industry, we were putting out in the beginning monthly results. And we said, look, we, we've got to get away from this. We've got to get back to normalization, even for ourselves. You know the amount of work it, it, it presents for people. And when you're already tight and stretching people, so Putting out our results on a quarterly basis is an industry accepted standard. We're going to continue doing that. Um, it's, it's full stop, full stop. If we hit something uh, that's material, we're going to disclose it. We're always going to disclose it. Uh, we're, we're not going to withhold information. But if you pick up the phone and you say, Paul Hewitt, when are you going to mine a stope here? When are you gonna, I'm going to say, Matt, look, it's part of a bigger plan. Um, we, we have more than one stope here. We, we're, we're mining the entire district. We're mining to our models, and that's going through our mill. Okay. So, you talked about increasing the uh, capacity at, at the mill. That's not through an ore sorter. That's just increasing the, the feed, right? Yeah, so, look, we have had some initial results on the ore sorters. What's been a little frustrating has been the cost. So, at this point, the results from the ore sorter, you have to do a pass one, then you have to do a second pass. And then with the second pass, you see some good results. But the additional costs of that second pass prevent us from actually pulling, pulling the trigger and saying, look, we're going to go with this vendor. In fact, we've told them, look, unless you can sharpen your pencil or get it to a single pass, uh, we're, we're not willing to do that because we break even. It's not, it's not worth it. Now, it's not the end of the world. Um, we, we were trying to test this during COVID. We were in and out. There are others. We're going to keep looking at it. It's certainly something that we're very interested in still. However, we know at the end of the line, we need some extra capacity. Increasing the mill by 550 to 600 tons a day is low hanging fruit for us. Look, there's some mills that I operated here in Nevada that were only 600 tons a day. That was their full capacity. We're talking about increasing ours by uh, from 1.4 million tons to 1.6 million for about $2 million. That'll be done in the middle of this year. Any future growth for mill expansion or an additional mill will, will all be part of our growth plan that we're coming out. will all be rationale for Paul Hewitt and Mrs. Hewitt to be relocating to Australia. Hence why we believe our next 24 months are so critical 
to our organic growth plan that, that we have in front of us. And look, we have the cash to deliver our organic growth plan. Okay. Are you learning anything more about uh, what value nickel credits may be to you further down the line? Oh, look. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you said it. Everybody knows Beta Hunt was a nickel mine. 400 kilometers, it's a repeat. We've identified the 30C zone where we've just put out a nickel reserve for the first time. I'm quite excited about it. We can expect here anywhere from $25 to $35 per ounce contribution from the nickel here. That's a, that's a huge saving for us on every ounce going forward. You know, when you think back of the Maverick royalty, that was a $46 per ounce. Uh, Morgan Stanley, close to $50 an ounce. The reduction from our vendors, $38 to $40 an ounce. We're talking another $25 to $35 an ounce saving on our own sustaining costs because of the nickel credits. And I got to tell you, um, our, our team are quite excited about the grades of the nickel. We're seeing anywhere from 2 to 6% nickel here. So um, it looked, the future has is is bright for beta hunt. The future is is not that beta hunt is exhausted. It's a, a beta hunt is an opportunity, not just in gold, um, but there's some nickel opportunities. We talk about the coarse gold beta hunt. Beta hunt has gold. It's got coarse gold. It's got some nickel. Beta hunt is far from exhausted. And we're going to really start unlocking the value now that we've reduced that royalty by 37%. Okay. Um... Hey, look, Let's not forget that $20 million, $20 million, $20 million in drilling in 2021, man. I, I, I know you touched on it, but you, you can't help but be excited about that. Last year, we did about $14 million. The year before that in the district, $300,000. 2019, you're talking $300,000 at HGO. We're stepping it up and stepping it up. So you, you can't help but get excited. What's accretive for a mining company? What drives shareholder value? A drill bit. Production of gold, making money. A drill bit is accretive for shareholders. A drill bit drives shareholder value. Our shareholders want to make money just like we do. Um, The likelihood of making money is a lot better when you're sitting on money than it is when you're sitting on gold without any money. We have them both. So we've got an exciting future. No, you have. I haven't forgotten it. I th- I'm very excited to see some of these drill results come through. And 20 million bucks is a big drill program on anyone's. Well, books, right? by that monotone voice you got, I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know what's. I, I don't know if 21, 20 got to you or what. But you're so monotone. I'm like, I don't think this guy gets it. And I, like, I don't know about that guy. I, know. I, I threatened to drug test you last time, but I'm like, I don't think Crux gets I, I just it, think you need to make your mind up. You either want me on drugs or off drugs. That's all I'm saying, Paul. <laughs> I don't want you on them, that's for sure. Um, I'll leave that out to your wife. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So one question for you, NCIB. Why aren't you taking better advantage of it? Yeah, look, we're always going to help out when we can. Remember, we gave up some stock that we didn't want to give up at about 365 when we bought back that royalty. with We said we didn't want to use cash. So we have money set aside to buy into it. However, I think there's some confusion that people don't appreciate and it's unrecognized that we must follow the blackout restrictions. We have to follow all the restrictions. Just same as an employee, we don't have the ability to just buy when the share price drops. We don't have that ability. If we're in a blackout, we are prevented. There are some very unique situations where sometimes you can try to apply and get a variance. We tried it for the first time. We were in blackout. We we did a very small test. 
we were successful. It's not that easy. While you're in blackout, it's just, it's just, you can't buy. It's that hard. When you're in a blackout, you're in a blackout. And the company has to follow the blackout. Can the, uh, can the exchange not give you guidance? Can your brokers not give you guidance? Can they- well, we have a broker. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's just, it's just like, I'll get guidance from anybody in the world, the broker, the exchange, and I'm in a blackout and uh, I, I have stock options that are expiring. They're going to say, too bad. You're in blackout. Get your information out. Get your financials out. Get whatever sensitive information you have out. Get yourself off a blackout, then pull the trigger. Okay, look, I, I mean, I appreciate today. Um, I'm not going to dig down um, with some of the questions which have been sent in because I think it's clear to me you had a great year last year, a great year. I mean, congratulations for you and the team. You've increased your target for this year, and I do buy into the fact that we should judge you on your quarterly announcements. Do you hit the number, the, the answers, yes or no? But I'm really intrigued by what you're going to set out the, 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 as the growth plan. So can, can you confirm? I think I, I said it for you, but I don't know. When are you coming to the market with the growth plan? Yeah, look, we're, we're targeting very, very much end of this quarter. Um, look, I've seen the amount of work that's got to happen. There's so much review and, and engineering work here. Some of our, the reason it's getting pushed sometimes by a month or so is because of lack of engineers. Um, we have to use a lot of third-party consultants for this and that. There's a lot of engineers that are looking at milling ounces. How do we get this growth plan out? This growth plan is gonna be a very exciting time for us and our shareholders. It's gonna really set forward a path here that we've never been on before. It's gonna set forward some guidance that, that changes us. So it's. It needs to be done right. Um, we're look, call it the first half of the year. I'm I'm really hoping March, April. Um, but the, the things that's slowing it down, and I know everybody says, well, why don't you do it faster? Why don't you do it faster? I say, well, can you find me five engineers? Can you find me a firm that will sign off as a QP to make sure that this technical work is done right? Can you sign off on these uh, mining plans we have? Can you sign off on this milling plan that we have? Um, it, it just, it's a little slower than expected. It's COVID has a big result of it. Despite going through fires, floods, COVID, we've still managed to push through everything else. We're pushing this through. It's important. It's so important that it gets done right because it will set forth a plan um, that'll change the company. So what do you, just on the cash flow, because it, it's a, it's a, I say, you, you've gone from a big minus number to 80, 80 million bucks, right? And you spent a bunch of money fixing things and getting things sorted out and cutting costs and all of that kind of good stuff. And I know the ASIC's coming down, brilliant. But where, where do you end the year? Where, have you given us an idea of what you think this year could hold for you? Because how do you spend your money? I guess it's more about it because you can't forward, forward look that way. But how do you spend that money or are you saving it? I guess is what I'm asking. Spending the money on things that are accretive for shareholder value. It's that simple. We, we look at all kinds of things. Look, I'll tell you, we've looked at seven things. We've passed on all seven of them. Why? Because they would have been a great way to spend money, but they're not accretive for shareholder value. And I know that's the template response to say, but it's the truth. It's that simple. Uh, one of the biggest boxes we check is, is this thing accretive, that next step? 
we have so much land now in front of us. We've got an organic, we're going to focus on our organic growth here. Again, I'm going to repeat this. Why do you think I'm going to Australia? Why do you think I'm going to Australia? To disrupt my family, my life. Um, we've done a lot from where we are in Reno, Nevada, using social media and Skype and everything. It's time to go there and really dive into the operations with Graham alongside him and deliver this plan that we're about to send to the market here. Okay. Well, I'll look out for that. Um, when are you off? Just, we haven't talked about when you're going. Yeah, look, uh, immigration process, it looks like um, probably the end of March here. So it's coming up pretty quick here. Uh, again, this is all delayed because of COVID, but at this stage, it looks towards the end of March. Um, that's, okay. yeah, you're talking maybe seven weeks from now and, and we're there. Seven kids in a hotel for two weeks. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, it'll be five. It'll be five. So two of them, we've got some that have said, no way, they're not coming, but they're adults here. So we've got some 26 and 20-year-olds. But the other ones are coming. So in a hotel, two-week quarantine. Um, remember that when you're cursing me, Matt. I'll make you me up when you went in, on those lonely dark nights when you're put, pulling your hair out. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Paul, appreciate today. Great catch up. Well done last year. This year looks fantastic. Just get those drill results out and, uh, you know, prove, prove us all well, Let's right. not forget the production. You know, we always talk about every quarter, there's some pretty big production numbers to hit here. So safely delivering that is going to be really, really good. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.